0: Welcome to CooperCast, Go Ask Al, episode number 16. This is your host, Al's acorn, John Sachs. Al answers a question about East Coast versus West Coast musicians, the song A Drive Through the Old Neighborhood, about Todd Rundgren, a question about questions, yet another thought on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and after each answer, Nellie the Dog adds her own comment. Here is a listener question from Max Blake. And he says, I wonder whether Al has any thoughts regarding the mindset, work habits, dedication, and commitment at all of East Coast musicians versus West Coast musicians.
1: Less drugs. Uh, Where? East Coast.
0: Less on the East Coast.
1: Yeah. Generally speaking, I'm not saying there weren't people that uh, that uh, didn't overdose on the East Coast, right? But um, but not like they did in San Francisco and L.A. New York, New York
0: was not as bad as that. And you're talking about session musicians, or
1: everybody? no, no, I'm talking about bands.
0: Oh, the bands. Okay, yeah. He says he straddled the line effectively between the two groups far better than most musicians, in fact, and perhaps can dish on what makes a Steve Stills tick, say, and how that might differ from Paul Simon based on the culture and geography. He's just asking for your reflections on West Coast versus East Coast. Because Paul Simon is about as East Coast as you can get, like you, Long Island.
1: Yeah, well, you know, we grew up maybe a couple of miles from each other.
0: And Paul Simon was not.
1: That's what I'm talking about.
0: He was not a drug culture kind of a dude.
1: No, no. He was more intellectual. Into what? Intellectual.
0: Intellectual, yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right. And um, one other question from uh, Max Blake. What can Al tell us about. A Drive Through the Old Neighborhood, which happens to be the Cooper song I often find myself singing in the shower. The business of the dog and the stolen shirt at the end are hilarious and poignant at the same time.
1: Trying to think of the song. That helped. A Drive
0: Through the Old Neighborhood. What album? I don't know. Should I look it up?
1: Uh, Well, I know the song. I could sing the song.
0: Sing enough of it that we'll know what it is.
1: Um. Don't ignore me, you still flaw me after all this time. I think it was the last song on I Stand Alone or You Never Know Who Your Friends Are.
0: Okay. Well, anyway, he wants to know any other thoughts about that song, where it came from or anything like
1: that. Well, they all come from the same place. Meaning, my head.
0: Right, right.
1: <laughs> that's where it comes from.
0: It's it shows up on an album called Well Done, but I think that's a.
1: Oh well, maybe that's the first time it came out.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: To answer his question, I always liked that song, and I was I was glad to record it, but I but I, I think I did it just myself and you know, played all the instruments. Mm-hmm.
0: So another question from Michael Skulnik. What's Al's take on other solo artists who were producers and played in other bands, specifically Todd Rundgren?
1: Well, he mostly produced himself, mm. where, where I, you know, I looked for other people.
0: Right, you produced yourself, but also lots of other people. Mm-hmm. Did you ever... Uh, play with him or run into him or anything like that? Oh, yeah. What was Todd Rundgren about?
1: Well, I remember the first time we got together, I was recording in England, and um, every night when I finished recording, i go to this club called The Speakeasy because it was a great hang. Mm. And and there were a lot of people like me there yeah like todd and uh i met my favorite band there which was free yeah and and so it was a, a very good hang for me yeah so todd was there and he was kind of unhappy i don't know why i think he was having a a hard time adjusting to being in England because he couldn't find people to hang with. Mm. So so we spent a couple of nights together in that club that we'd go to, Speakeasy. Mm. And he got a little more comfortable. Yeah. And then later on in life, I ran into him because... Um, I was enjoying his solo albums and also the bands he put together for his solo tours. Yeah. So I'd go to rehearsals and also backstage when they'd play mm. and like that.
0: Michael Skulnik has another question for you. I like this question. Hey Al, what sorts of questions should your fans be asking you that they aren't? I can't answer that I just just had to ask it it's sort of a a odd question
1: I can't answer that
0: it's kind of like it's one
1: of those things where you have to reverse the situation yeah you have to say well if I was him yeah and I did this that and the other thing right what would annoy me if people asked me yeah and and if more people did that, it would be more fun.
0: Right. Well, I guess it's a little bit for me asking you, what should people be asking you? You have to get into their brain. It's like... Uh,
1: you know, I found something the other night on the Internet. Yeah. And it was people that were writing about me. Mm. that didn't know each other, and it was just all compiled in one place. Mm. And it was was really interesting, you know? Yeah. And uh, the one thing that they kept saying over and over, different people that didn't know each other, Mm. was that they were offended that I wasn't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
0: Absolutely, that comes up all the
1: time. And and um, I thought, you know, I'm still going to be the same. True. It's it's really not going to change my life. True. It's one of those things, you know. If it happens, it happens. You know, like if if your record goes gold or platinum, mm. that's nice. But it's not going to it's not really going to change who you are or what you do.
0: Well, if a record goes gold two things would happen one is that money would come to you
1: well not necessarily it depends what your deal
0: is (laughs) but the other thing is attention comes to you and then you can you can kind of like opportunities come to you because you know success breeds success everybody wants to be on your team
1: yeah but in in a couple of months i'm going to be 78 years old what am i going to do with success
0: i definitely it's at a different stage I i
1: have (laughs) You know, I just sit around.
0: There's that line from uh, Death of a Salesman where uh, his wife says attention must be paid. Mrs. Loman. what did she say? She said attention must be paid. And people feel like by not being in the Hall of Fame, you're being dissed by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But you're right. If they let you in... Fine, but it wouldn't change. You still have to get up in the morning and.
1: Well, you know what? It, it the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has changed. Mm. I watched the last show. It was on a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And it it wasn't. I I don't know if I'd enjoy being on that show. Really. Yeah. Mm. I'd enjoy being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but in 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 some ways, the the people that. Like me and know what I did, I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. And they all said the same thing in this thing. Right. You know, just repetition of the same thing over and over again. Mm. But it was nice. Sure. It was very nice, and I didn't have to get dressed up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you just as soon sit home and watch it as, you know, be inducted.
1: Well, listen, like I said, in two months, I'm going to be 78. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't matter if I'm inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or not. Okay. It's not going to change my life anymore.
0: It's true. This has been CooperCast. Go Ask Al, episode number 16, brought to you by Driving Through the Old Neighborhood. Look for more episodes coming up it's- Look for more episodes coming up and subscribe at Apple, Spotify, or just about anywhere. Visit alcooper.com for lots more Al stuff and to submit your own questions.